A Nomad's Bisexuality and Blasts from the Past L Sunday, September 11th, 2022 And just like that, he's gone. Well, not gone-gone. His flight isn't until Friday morning. But I probably won't see him before then. He's got all the loose ends to wrap up before heading off to his next destination. Meanwhile, I have grown-upping myself, plus dates with Mommy. I would go to the dance meetup on Wednesday, but Richard will be there, and I might develop an ulcer. It was nice, this visit. Not euphoric, not tragic, just nice. We shared a lot of after-work decompressing, a lot of snuggling, a lot of sleeping together, literally. Etienne is a tiger when he sleeps. He drapes himself over the bed, long arms and legs sprawled in every direction. It turns out he'll move if you need him to, too, though, without even waking up. So I've gotten more used to him, more able to fall asleep at his side, less self-conscious. At night, I'm often uncomfortable, my back complaining from the stresses of the day. So I move around, trying to get comfortable, and I worry that that kept him awake until he assured me it was fine. Now I move as it suits me, and he purrs in his sleep, adjusting, making room. It's a beautiful thing to be with a man who is empathetic, even while he is dreaming. Back when I was with Master Booger Brains, I had to lie flat like a stone. I didn't move, I didn't fidget. I was a good girl. With Etienne, I can be me in an entirely new way. His breath in my ear, his hand in my throat, I melt. Condoms are stupid, we agree this morning, after I toss our latest piece of necessary but annoying protection into the trash. Condoms are one more distraction on the tremulous path inside body and mind, a place we don't often dare to go. They make for an irritating detour on a journey that should be a meandering wander, not an action-now-go sort of a ride. Mommy says she has a trick to make the condom feel nicer. She says she'll teach me. I reached for him this morning, my body remembering last week when he teased me until I couldn't take it, jumping up and straddling him, orgasming on his thigh. I remembered the slowness of his touch, the hunger between my legs. I reached for him, wanting more. He traces his fingers ever so softly below my breasts, and my body ripens, standing at attention, wanting, dreaming, awakening. He grabs at my waist, and I come alive. It's the dance of don't touch me there yet, the steps leaving me breathless, gasping into his ear, his teeth on my earlobes, his tongue electric on the nape of my neck. His hands in my hair, I feel his want without feeling any pressure at all. I feel him want me, and I want him back, too. So, tantric sex, I say yesterday, apropos of nothing at all. He laughs. I think he loves how blunt I am. At any rate, he seems to find it ent entertaining. In the game we played yesterday, Shit Happens, Edition Quebec, the players were supposed to nominate the player who was le plus vulgaire. Everyone agreed that was me. Outrageous. Yes, my fairy princess, he replies. Well, it's just, I mean, you haven't said it's not your thing, but you also haven't said it is your thing, and I just, I mean... Suddenly, baby girl becomes very selfish consciousness, <laughs> becomes very self-conscious indeed. Nothing, I say, changing my mind. I curl up into a ball and nuzzle myself into his chest. Oh, baby girls, he chuckles. They have the most interesting nothings in the world. That gets me, and I say it. I just think, why not be your thing, or mine? I mean, you have tremendous body awareness, and I'm getting there, too. If we apply that to sex, what's not to like? 
Plus, you know how you were saying it's so hard to communicate during the act? It's like we don't even have the vocabulary. Wouldn't it be cool to learn? I've been wanting to try it for a long time, he says seriously, and I realize I am preaching to the choir. That's when I remember. We talked about this back at the beginning, back when I wasn't as invested so I was better at asking him challenging questions. We'd agreed it was something we wanted to explore. I'd forgotten. It just needs to be at the right time, in the right place, with the right people, and not some guru who's there to fuck half the women, he said. One hundred percent, I agree, I replied. Thinking about it now, I remember Mommy's comment the other day about how we could help other fairy princesses' needs. We could bring people together, workshops, lectures, even retreats, she'd said, describing the scene in her head. I could see the value and the allure, but I still thought the idea was nuts. We don't want to add more things to our to-do lists, do we? And Jesus, all the people management that would entail. But oh my God, thinking about it now and remembering that comment, thinking about mommy who can practically orgasm by just thinking about something deviant and delectable, I can't help but realize mommy could totally be that guru. For a moment, a jealousy gremlin saw its chance during the conversation last night, running into my brain with protective self-righteousness. Etienne has to explore tantric sex with us, he whispered evilly into my ear, and I could see that he was enjoying this moment in the spotlight. What if he finds the right time and place with some other girl? Mistress me saw him coming from a mile away. If that happens, so be it. We will all benefit from everything he learns with her, she said smugly but firmly, and kicked the gremlin to the moon. It was a little harder to kick my worries of Gale to the moon. She left here last night with heart palpitations, the smile never leaving her face but her eyes, frightened. Everything's going to be fine, right? Everything will be fine, she said, reassuring nobody, least of all herself. I didn't ask her what was wrong, and she didn't say, the Gale and Lorelei version of don't ask, don't tell, even though she was telling me all the same. I hugged her and tried to get her to slow her breath. It was coming out all uneven and choppy. I hated feeling her fear. I led her into the bathroom, which doubles as the place for awkward goodbyes if you leave out the back door, which is what she was doing. Fairy princess motto time, I commanded. She stood at attention. I will love myself, I said. I will love myself, she repeated, and I had to grin at how beautific she looked, even with her accelerated nervous system. I will speak my truth. I will speak my truth. I will follow my heart. I'll follow my heart. I will never miss the chance to make the world more magical. I will never miss the chance to make the world more magical. Then we hugged one last time, and she left to go pick Richard up at the airport. So now I guess I won't see her until November. This afternoon she texted me to say everything was fine and I needn't worry about her. As if one drama-free day with Richard is going to make me not worry about her. Quote, In a relationship you shouldn't have to think five steps ahead, walk on eggshells, anticipate their mood, take the blame for all tensions, read their mind, apologize for their behavior, and fear that they may stop loving you from one day to the next. This isn't healthy love. It is control. I didn't know how to say, I will always worry about you forever and ever, until all the doors to your happiness palace have a guard out front of them. I didn't know how to say, it's when you think that everything is fine that I'm the most worried about you. There were so many things I wanted to say, but no way to say them. I found myself spiraling over what to reply, so I kicked that problem to the moon, too. It can wait until I'm with Mommy. Mommy said it was nice to see me yesterday with all my protectors. 
Gaga, gaga, Etienne and Mommy in the same room. Gail, even Matt, Mommy's husband, came. I served everyone bits and bites, and Mommy made her cranberry vodka cocktail, this time with a cherry twist. It was delicious. We talked about everything and nothing, Tosh Sultana sultry in the background. Baby girl melted. The only one missing was Mistress. Well, and a few others. I'm going to start having more of these evenings, these evenings with the people I love, with people who lift each other up, people who make the world a better place. In other words, parties with people who aren't assholes. I talked to an old friend this morning after Etienne and I said our goodbye. New love interest, they inquired. I noticed something on your neck. Damn. I hadn't put on makeup because I wasn't planning on seeing anyone today. I'd forgotten about FaceTime and how incompatible it was with the giant hickey on my neck. Well, there was nothing for it. I wasn't going to lie. Yes, I said. Of course they wanted all the details, so I found myself explaining Etienne. I was surprised by how vulnerable I felt. I guess there's something about friendships spanning decades which activate your primal need for approval or something. I love him, I said simply. He's wonderful. But also... And here I was quick to put in all the caveats, lest I be accused of rushing into things or making my life all about men. I can't orbit around him, I said simply. He travels the world. It's not possible for me to. So I see him, and I feel like his girlfriend when I see him, but then we go our separate ways. We're not exclusive. I felt lame, like I couldn't do our relationship justice. I've always felt like this, like any relationship outside the norm doesn't count. Like because Etienne isn't mine, he's just a fling, not to be taken seriously. I found myself describing a recent encounter with his family, as though to lend legitimacy to this not-quite-a-relationship I was trying to justify. That sounds nice, my friend replied, and with relief I changed the subject. When it rains, it pours. It feels like all my old friends are crawling out of the woodwork. Or maybe it's me making an extra effort. Or maybe we're all approaching middle age and aware of the years that keep piling up. It's hard to reconnect with the people who haven't witnessed my last few years of weirdness. It's a lot to unpack. Two ex-husbands, an apartment full of stuffies, a nomadic lover, a mommy. I didn't even mention mommy to my friend. How to start? Well, friend I haven't seen in a very long time, did I tell you that in addition to being kinky and never settling down and having children, I have a girlfriend? What's that? You never knew I was bisexual? Neither did I. That's not the whole truth, actually. I did know I was bisexual. I thought I was, anyway. I just kept getting boyfriends instead of girlfriends, and the girls I might have liked didn't like me back, or we were too timid to say anything. Plus, people kept talking about girls who experimented, and I knew I liked boys, so maybe I was faking it? Not to mention my father's firm conviction that, no, I can't even say it, it's too embarrassing to tell you his conviction. Suffice it to say that both my parents raised me with the idea that bisexuals weren't really bisexuals, they were just jilted women finding refuge from a bad relationship. My mother, of all people, actually knows about Mommy. Well, she doesn't know that I call her Mommy. That would be a weird and unnecessary fact to mention. But she knows I have a girlfriend who lifts me up and makes the sunshine brighter, who makes scary insurance phone calls when I can't, who mediates with me and my abusive ex, who's teaching me to be fulfilled, present, centered, confident. That's my enormous, twisted, sadistic plot, says Mommy gleefully. I'm manipulating you to make you happy. Mom sees how happy Dee makes me, and she always has a moment to listen when I talk about her. Of course, before I told her about Dee slash Mommy, I had to tell my mother I was bisexual. Oh, sweetie, I knew that, she exclaimed, and I was a little surprised. But, um, you were the one who said that bisexuality wasn't real, I said, incredulous. 
doubt crept up, and I wondered if I had perhaps gotten it wrong. Maybe that's not what my parents had always implied back in the day? People grow, my mother said nonchalantly, confirming in a very irksome manner that my understanding had been spot on. Maybe I didn't think bisexuality was a thing back in the day, but I do now. Wow, I said. Um, I mean, that's great and all, but you could have told me that you had learned it was real. I didn't trust my own sexuality. My mother apologized. Outrageous. Anyway, old friends. I'm going to go home next week to get my boxes from my parents' house. I'm pretty excited. There are journals, an old porcelain doll, a tea set, every single essay I wrote in college, random pieces of bark and stone from back when I was an actual baby girl. And those are just the things I remember. Saris, jewelry, maybe, CDs, eek, old soccer trophies, my honorable mention in Cricket Magazine. Will I be able to throw anything away? My apartment is about to get a lot more crowded. After I've spent the week with my family, I'm going to be watching my nephew for four days, too. Juliet is going a road trip home with me. She's going to come and see my happiness palace for the weekend. After that, Hannah's coming up from New England. I'm super excited and more than a teeny bit nervous. Love, Lorelai.